Chavar always discuss to be together. To prepare for Shabbos Kodesh. Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas told us, for Shabbos of Kislev, to bring or into these dark days. And to be moist nefesh together. You know, this year, I always feel, I've said this many times over the years, the mysterious nefesh of this year, we start very late at night, after a very long day, and this week, for many of us, was longer than most. Very long, very special, but very long Tuesday for the rally, and really that, you know, that takes a lot out of people, and to be able to learn together and grow together, our Shabbos at close to midnight, Mesir Snefesh for Torah, on some level, yeah, obviously that terminology, Mesir Snefesh, thrown around, can compare to Mesir Snefesh of our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael these days. Mesir Snefesh goes a very far away. You know, it was one of the biggest takeaways I had from Tuesday, from the rally, which, if we wanted to, we could talk about that for the next hour, and there was so much chizik and so much achdus. But the Mesir Snefesh that went into it, you know, so many of us went on... Hours and hours and hours, journeys, you know, six-hour bus ride each way, and, and then a walk to the metro. It was, a, it was a lot of transit, a lot of traveling for very little time there. And I've, I've shared this already, I, th- I think I shared this last night, when I, I was speaking in Stern. And when I got back to, the, to the, where the buses were, to the parking lot by FedEx Field... So I couldn't believe my eyes. Maybe, maybe the biggest chizik of the day for me. There are a lot of moments of tremendous chizik, but I see this man, someone from behind, but he, it seemed like he was in his 80s. And he's walking with a cane. And he's being held up on both sides by, it seems like family members, children, whoever it was. And he's, he's walking as slowly as a person could walk, step by step. And I'm thinking of this man, just what he must have done to be able to be there. You know, the journey, he was going to a bus just like I, I don't know how long his journey was, but it was definitely somewhere long. And then the walk to the metro, which was for most of us an eight, ten minute walk, whatever it was, for him must have taken at least triple that. And then to sit on the metro and then be at the rally, like, Mikam Chayisrael, it's incredible, Mr. Snafesh of Klal so just to see that was worth going for me personally. And uh, when we're Moisir Nefesh, big things happen. Don't forget it. All the Torah tonight, all the Chizik tonight, all the Sawyer tonight is being sponsored by uh, a Didim of mine, Talmud and Tamidah, Arya and Gabby Schultz, who are so special, so special to me. And it's, it was today, Arya's grandmother's yard site, Royza Bas Itamar. And Mr. Shem, all the Chizik, all the Sawyerists, all the Torah should be for her Neshama. She was somebody. She was somebody that her whole life was about her children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. It was, that's what she lived for. And Levite something that sometimes, unfortunately, we, we, we lose focus on what's really, really important. She got it. And we should remember that's what it's about. It's about our relationships and the people that we're close to and the people that we love and the broader Klaus role, ultimately. And the Mir Sashem, all the time, should be a big schlust, Lila She should be a main Lisa Yoytra for a beautiful family until there's Oichel to be taunting with her. The Gula Shlema, the Gula that we need so badly, with Mashiach Zikain and Bimheri Bimeno. And of course, all the Torah should also be as chus, just for Simcha Bracha, for Arya and Gabi, and their beautiful, beautiful family. You know, we always say here from the Babatur Rebbe, Zechisar Kashvracha, that you have to live with the Parsha. You know, some people saw I was going around this week that this, this you know, that uh, we went to the White House, 
the week of when uh, based Lavan, right? Lamaisa, Lamaisa, much deeper than that. I think there's so much. Whenever, whatever parsha we're at, those are the those are the words. Those are the lessons. Those are the yisodos that we have to live with at each time in our life. I want to share a Torah based on really something I saw from my Rebbe, the Shil Pinchas, a very a very incredible yisod. In the beginning of the parsha, we find. Yitzchak and Rivka davening. Because we know, like all the most, Rivka was barren, was an akara. It's a beautiful lesson we learn from that, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu mis'avil, the tefilos and shel tzikonios and tzadikim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants our tefilos. He wants our tefilos because he wants us to be close to him. He wants us to recognize everything is from him. We want to have that relationship with him. And uh, they're davening. Be'yetar Yitzchak la'ashem lanoichach ishto. Yitzchak's davening, Rashi says, Vayetar, Hirba, Hivzer, B'Tfilah, he's davening time and time again, tremendous amount of Tfilah. It's chizik to us. You know, sometimes we daven and we're not answered immediately, and we misyayish, you know. No, no, we have to daven again and again and again, that's how our Ravos davened. But this is a very interesting Rashi. L'noichach ishto, so what does Rashi tell us? Ze omeid b'zav v'zu v'zpalo, v'zu omeid b'zav v'zu v'zpalas. That both Yitzchak and Rivka were davening. They were davening, they were both davening. Okay, that's beautiful, that's wonderful. But why is Rashi telling us it's a medrash that this one was standing in one corner davening and this one was standing in another corner davening? You know, what was, what was this? To, te- to teach us nias? To teach us that we need a mechitza? I mean, there was no mechitza, but it's a husband and wife davening in different corners. Like, what, what, was, what do we learn from that? Every... every Word in Torah is precious. And if Raja is bringing a medrash to tell us that they were davening in opposite corners, why were they davening bizarre? Why specifically in the corner? What is going on here? What is, what is the deeper lesson that one should learn from this? So the Igeris Hatil, it's a safer written by Reb Chaim, the brother of the Maral. So he says something incredible. He says, if you add up the letters of the Avos and the Imos, the exact, they're the exact same amount of letters. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are the same letters as Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Leah. They both have 13 letters. And when you put that together, 13 plus 13, 13 we know is Ahava, and they have tremendous Avos Yisrael, but which is something so important in this day and age, something that Baruch Hashem we have, something that we should be zoichet to continue to have, the Avis Yisrael, and breaking away all the period and all the machlekes. I don't want to get into it right now, because if I get into this, I'm just going to be broken and just start crying and not talk about like, you know, some of us saw some, some period, that, you know, for, for, for a month, for five weeks, there was such tremendous achdus amongst all of Kalei Yisrael. Suddenly there was like, oh, I don't even talk about it. A period some that came out from some I'm so broken from it still now, it's so like so sad. Anyways, we should be Zoicha to Ava, just Ava is Israel, to love every Jew. Love every Jew, irrespective of the type of yarmulke he wears or he wears a yarmulke at all, irrespective of how they dress, irrespective of their hashkafic connection. We're all one. We're Goyachar. Of course we want to be Mechazik or the Yidin to be showing our mitzvahs in the best way we could, out of love. Out of love. But anyways, 
So Avram Yitzchak Yaakov is 13, have 13 letters, and Sarif Gurachle have 13 letters. 13 but 13 is 26, is Havaya. The letters of the Avos and Imos build the foundation of Havaya. And that's a beautiful idea. That they brought the Rabbani Shalom into the world for, for the world. Yudke Vavke. But clearly there has to be a foundation of Klal Yisrael that connects to specifically Avaya, which we'll get back to. But, but before we even get to understanding this, before we get to understand this and what this tells us in our lives, we see time and time again how this is being built. The Ramban says, the Ramban says in Amun Abitachon, that that's the reason why a hay had to be added to Avram's name. We know in Pashas Lachlacha, Avram is really Avram. And then Hashem adds, V'gad L'Shemech, he adds a hey. He adds a hey. If he didn't add the hey, it would only be 25 letters. Wouldn't have Havaya. The added hey, Mashlim, completes the Avos and Imos to be 26 letters. And we see time and time again, this connection, V'yetar Yitzchak La Hashem, this connection to, in this same Pazik, this connection to Yudke Vavke, time and time again. But now we understand also another Rashi. In Parshish Lech Lecha, when, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu adds the hay, so before that already, before he adds the hay, the beginning of Lech Lecha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Avram that when you leave, Eschol Gagadol Shemecha. And I'll make your name great. Which Pashapshat, we think that means that the world will know of him. But if you look in Rashi, Rashi brings down one shot on Vagad Shemecha. Sha'ad Achshav Avram. Mikan Velech Avram. Vagad Shemecha means literally it. I'll make your name bigger. Your name was Avram. Four letters. Now it's going to be Avram. Five letters. That's one shot. But then Rashi later goes through each of these Eskolagagad of Avrecha Vagad Shemecha. So now we can understand that both of these are actually one idea. Meaning what? We're trying to say that the Avos, the Yimos, their names... The letters of their names have to add up to Yudkevavke to twenty six, right? So that's why Hey was added to Avram. But what do we know about Yaakov Avinu? Which is this week's parsha we're introduced finally to Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov at first is called Yaakov, but what what name is he then changed to? Yisrael, right? The Malach when he fights in parts of the Yishlach with the Tzar Shleitzav gives him a new name, Yisrael. But yet it's interesting we choose Eloke Yaakov. Zesha Omrim Rashi says, Eloke Yaakov, and not, why don't we say Eloke Yisrael? That's his name of, that he achieved, that he amassed, that he grew into. Avraham, we always call Avraham. You can't call him Avraham anymore. It's a Gemara, you can't call him Avraham. Yaakov, we generally call Yaakov. Yet, he was named later Yisrael. Shouldn't we go with the later name, the, the, the earned name in a certain sense? No, we stay with Yaakov. But what would happen if we call him Yisrael? Yisrael is how many letters? Five letters. Yaakov is four letters. If we go with Yisrael, suddenly now we have 27 letters and no longer have Havaya. Vagad l'shemecha. So now we understand Rashi. Rashi first, Vagad l'shemecha, I added a hey, so we could be mashlim yudke vavke 26. Vagad l'shemecha, zesh omu l'ke Yaakov, meaning I'm not a l'ke Yisrael. Because now that I added the hey, 
and Avram has extra hay to add up to 26, I have to zesh Omrim elokei Yaakov and not elokei Yisrael. Because if I said elokei Yisrael, it would be 27. That was incredible. Tell you one more place. Listen to what we say in Tilim. Kuf Chavdal at Pazagalif. Shira Malois, last of the last of the Shira Malises, right? The Shira Malises start by Kuf Chav and go to Kuf Chav Kuf Lamedal. Oh, this Kuf Chavdal is not the last of the Shira Malises. I'm sorry, Kuf Chavdal Kuf Lamedal is the last of Shira Malis. So it says Shira Malis David Lule Hashem Shahalu Shahayolanu Yomar Na Yisrael. Listen to how we can understand it. Pashup Shat is if it was not for the fact. Lule Hashem Shahayolanu Yomar Yisrael. Listen to this. If it was not that we needed to be mashlim for Hashem, if it was not that I needed the obviously most to, to equal Hashem, you'd keep off, okay? Yomer no Yisrael, we would have called him Yisrael. Now we call him Yaakov, so we have those letters. So imagine, time and time again, we see this, where we're alluding to this fact that the Avos and the Imos needed to be Adding up and connecting to Yud Kevavke. Now, what is that? What does that mean? But before we take that step, one last understanding. The difference in Yaakov Yisrael, the Zohar tells us, and the Zohar tells us and teaches us in Parshish Truma, that the name Yisrael is actually the loftier name. And the name Yaakov is the lower name. Amr of Shimon, this is in Kuf Ay and Hey, Amr Beis, and Truma and the Zohar. Begin kach Yisrael iskre. The Tana Yaakov Tata. The name Yaakov is Tata. is the lower name. Yisrael Ilah. Yisrael is the higher name. Yisrael Yaakov Lav Shleimusa. Yaakov, that name means he's not complete yet. Yisrael Shleimusa Duchayla. Yisrael is completely complete. With that understanding from the Zohar that tells us Yisrael is a much loftier name than Yaakov, why do we want to name Yaakov? Why is that the Iker name that we're focused on? Zesh Omelike Yaakov. I want to bring this all together now and explain this all. Because so what is the significance of all of this? What's the significance that the Avos Imos have to equal 26? It's nice. But sometimes when people talk like Hasidish Torah like this and deeper Kabbalistic Torah like this, it's like it's thrown around. But what, is that, what does that mean to you and I? Torah is, is, is here to teach us the guidelines of life. Kiner mitzvah Torah or. You know, we're, we're, we're preparing for Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the, the time of or, the time of light. The greatest light of the world is Torah. Torah teaches us right from wrong. Torah teaches us how we're supposed to live our lives. That's why the world is so clear to us and so unclear to the rest of the world. Because we have Torah. And when you have Torah, you see things in the right way, with the right light. And sadly, we see now more than ever, when you don't have Torah, all of the, we were speaking about this before, all of life is subjective reality. And it's darkness. It's whatever I want it to be. And, we, and people can't understand. David Azariah said it beautifully before. Everyone, uh, you hear people complaining, getting upset of the anti-Semitism, and getting upset that people are screaming ceasefire, and getting upset that people trying to discuss moral equality and all this stuff that makes absolutely no sense. It's a complete sheker. Stop getting upset. It's pashit how emes we are. And it should give us chizik even more so. How much emes there is to Torah, how much emes there is to Yiddishkeit. If we're the only ones in the world that see something that's, that's clear as day. It's clear as day. 
So let's understand, Chavra. Let's understand something. Why is it, again, Torah, we're saying Torah is our guidelines. Torah is our, our lifeline. Torah is our Yitzchayim. Torah is our life. Torah is, you know, what is it to throw around this idea and that the Avos, the Imos, has to be add up to, to Shem Havaya and that's why Avraham has to be Avraham and we have to call Yaakov Yaakov and not Yisroel. And we, we're still, we didn't answer our question yet, why they, were, why they were davening in the corners. We'll get back to that in a moment. But let's first try to start to understand. The main name that we refer to Hashem is Yud Kevavke, right? Of all the names, we have a lot of names for Hashem. But the name we, we connect to more than any other name that we find more in our tefillah, in, in, in Chumash, is Yud Kevavke. Havaya. Havaya. What does that name represent? We all know that's the name of Rachamim the name of mercy, the name of how we want to connect Hashem more than any other name. We understand Hashem has many character traits that are, that are brought into the world, that Hashem shows to the world, that Hashem reacts and connects to the world with. But ultimately, the name that we want to connect to more than any is that name of Rachim, that name of mercy, the name that represents chesed, the name that represents kindness and all that we want to connect Hashem with, right? We, don't, we know there's a concept of din, which deep down within all din is, is good, and is what Hashem wants, but we don't want that. We're looking for Rachim. We're looking for Yud Kevavke. So specifically, we want to be Yaakov that connects to Havaya. I mean, it's Pashit. Of course, when we're... Yisrael and Yaakov are the two representations of how we are in, our, in the world. Meaning, when we're, when we're Yisrael, it means we're our best selves. When we're Yisrael, it means I'm learning the way I'm supposed to be learning. I'm davening the way I'm supposed to be davening. I have the proper shmirs and I am not looking at things I shouldn't be looking at. I'm enjoying Shabbos in a beautiful way. I'm, I'm living my best life as, a, as an Evan Hashem, which we all go through ups and downs when it comes to that. But Yisrael is when we're on top of our game. Yisrael is where that's who I'm supposed to be. My Yaakov is when I'm struggling a little bit. When I'm a little bit, that's what the Zohar says, Tata. I'm not in the right place. I'm, Yaakov is the Akev. The Akev is the heel. It's a little bit lower. There's a lowliness to it. Yisrael is Yashar Kel. I'm, I'm with God in the most straight way there is, right? I want specifically to see the Havaya in the Yaakov. I want specifically to know, even when I'm a Yaakov, even when I'm a Yaakov, Hashem is right there by my side. Even when I'm a Yaakov, Hashem is right there by my side. That's the biggest chizik in the world. So in order for the Avos and Imos, here, Avram, the Gemara says, once he gets his name, that he's Avram. It's us to call him Avram. The only one of the Avos we most, we could have a choice, and we has, ultimately has two names, is Yaakov. And we seemingly should be picking his role. No, but if I want to be Mashlim, I want to connect to Avaya, I want to be Yaakov to connect to Avaya. Because I want to know, even in the difficult times, even when it's a time of difficulty, a time of darkness, that's also Chesed. That's also Hashem is by my side. And I have to believe that from the depth of my heart. You know, again, there were so many inspirational moments at the rally. One of, I wasn't even at this moment, I just heard about it after, because I wasn't, you know, basically we came from DRS with many, many buses, and each bus basically did their own thing, you know, because every bus was getting there different times, was doing, so you, you just had to know the Rabbeim on that bus, and those Talmidim, you got there whenever you got there, you left when you wanted to leave, every bus was on their own, basically. You ate when you wanted to eat, you davened when you wanted to daven, it was like each, each bus for themselves, right? So, even, even the bus itself, when we got there, like, 
we ended up splitting up on different metros and different, you know, everyone made it back somehow. It's like, it's on, that itself is an ace, by the way. It's amazing. It's amazing. But anyways, Lemaisa, Lemaisa, on one of the metros, on the way to the rally, there was a young man, I'm not going to give any names, but this is a young man in DRS, who Baruch Hashem is like, he's having a phenomenal year, but, you know, he still he still has a lot of questions in Amunah, and a lot of questions in Yiddishkeit, and not not where we want him to be in his Avodah Hashem yet. He's a beautiful person, and he's growing. Okay, I don't judge it. I love him. But he, he himself talks about his doubts in, in, in belief, his doubts in Amunah, his doubts in... <laughs> And on, apparently, I wasn't there, but it, many people told me this, on the metro, on the metro to the rally, he screams out, everybody, something to these regard, you know, no one should worry, we're going to come out on top and we're going to win. And you know why? And then like a bunch of guys says, why? Because we have Hashem. This guy is screaming, we have Hashem. And he gets it. But what is it? Even we're, we're talking about right now in the darkest of hours, in the most difficult of times, we're going through sorrows that our door, our generation has never seen before. But we know we have Hashem by our side and that's the biggest chizik in the world. We know we have, we have Havaya. We have in the time of Yaakov. We're in the time of Yaakov and we have Havaya. There's nothing more Kaddosh. To me, this was always, you know, when we talk about the Holocaust, when you learn about the Holocaust, so Holocaust is a very difficult time in our history, the most difficult time in history, perhaps. We can't even understand what that was. We're struggling so much now in, in such a terrible way, which is terrible and horrible. And like we've never seen in our dar. Do we understand the difference of the Holocaust and this? Mamish on levels, we can't even comprehend. Right? We're, we're, we're still broken. We're still broken and crying every day when 12, 1300 of our brothers and sisters were murdered in the most despicable of ways and that we can't comprehend. And we have 240 captives. And I, I'm not, not diminishing that, and we feel that, and we have to feel that. But think about that those numbers compared to 6 million. 6 million? Like, <laughs> it's a number that we can't even comprehend. So the Holocaust, if you study the Holocaust as a year, it could be just, it could be potentially extremely depressing and sad. And to me, I don't know why, I always bring myself, the Holocaust to me is one of the most inspirational historical times of our history. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I don't know, I always find myself focusing on the most incredible stories of Amuna, the most incredible stories of those Jews that were Moser Nefesh, that were sacrificing to keep Torah Mitzvahs in the Gehenim of, of the concentration camps. That, that the Heligat Tzadik, who I had the schus to have a relationship with, who, who, who brought up my Amuna to the highest of levels, the Tzadik Label Zisman, who lived just a few minutes away right here. Label Zisman, who, was, who survived the Holocaust and many different concentration camps, and he had a pair of tefillin in Auschwitz. And when he was brought into Auschwitz, he hid the tefillin in his boots. And the whole story, when he was got there, and they were supposed to immediately take him and his own kinderport, his whole, his whole group of kids, straight to the gas chambers, and Nisim instead, they, the Nazis who were known to be meticulous as could be with all their records, when he was being marched to the gas chamber, so he decided, he told all his all his he was like the leader of his whole group of a hundred boys. 
because that was he was a leader type personality, and he told everyone, "We're gonna march, we're gonna march in, and we're gonna do it." I don't want to say use the word not besimcha, but with with gvura, with strength. And he started leading them all, and they went f- five at a time, walking in, singing animamim. And suddenly, suddenly, somehow, they lost, they couldn't find the papers. The Nazis, who were meticulous, every couldn't find the papers with this group and what they were supposed to do with them. Now, the probability is with kids, they were, they were supposed to go straight to get them, but they didn't have the exact papers. They lost the papers. They decided, forget it. If they don't have the papers, they can't send them, and they sent them last minute to the showers. And then when he went to the showers, they had to strip and take everything off. And part of what they had to take off were... His boots and all your possessions had to be just thrown in a pile, never to be seen again. And you're given, he said, you're given the prisoner uniform, the stripes, the uniforms that we all know. But he sees his boots with the tefillin in the pile. How's he, what's he going to do? He needs to get them back somehow, but he couldn't. So suddenly he, he tells all the kids to start like fighting with each other playfully. And the Nazis would be distracted. And then they're distracted. He runs and gets his tefillin back and takes his tefillin. Imagine what type of person this was labeled. And then every single morning he'd wake up early and he'd put on tefillin in Auschwitz. He'd put on tefillin in Auschwitz. And he was one that was later he found the safer. He, he didn't, I don't know if he even knew it at the time. He would then lend out his tefillin to different people through like a, a little window. One of the people that wore his tefillin every day in Auschwitz was the Navaminsker Rebbe. There's a whole write-up about the Navaminsker Rebbe, how he put on tefillin because some little boy would give him tefillin. It was labeled this man who lived a few blocks away over here. You know what it is to put your tefillin on in Auschwitz? When most of your family has been murdered and killed and you're living in Gehenna and you have nothing and you want to put on tefillin? That's in the darkest of hours, in the time when Klal Yisrael's Yaakov were at the lowest of places, were Akev. We're not Yisrael at that time, we're Akev. No, no, I'm one with Havaya, I'm one with the Abishter. I know the Abishter is by my side, I know he's going to take care of me, I know he's taking care of me. I don't understand any of this. But I know it's good. I know it's him. I'm why because I'm limited. The Abishter is unlimited. That's our avoda. Our avoda is even in these dark hours. We're right now in a very dark time. In our generation, the darkest of times that we've seen. Yet we know even now, Kadosh Baruch is by our side in every way. His wife was barren for years and years and years. I'm reaching out to Hashem. I'm reaching out to the God of Rachel. I'm reaching out to the God of Chesed. That's my avoda. So now you want to understand, listen to this. This is what the Shvila Pinchas explains. Why were they davening in two different corners? Yitzchak and Rivka, Yitzchak and Rivka deeply wanted to have children. Obviously, they wanted to have children to have children, to raise children, and for Nitzchus of Klaistral. But they also understood that their child's going to be the impetus to the final steps in creating this connection to Havaya. Because somehow, on a deeper level, the Avos, the Yimos, are building this relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And you need the, le- the next generation. You need Yaakov, Rachel, and Leah to be mashlam all that. They're davening for this. The Zohar says... The four ruchos, the four sides, north, north, south, east, west, represents Yud Vavke. Because the Karsh Baruch surrounds the entire world. So they're looking to be mashlim to complete the relationship with Yud Vavke, the relationship with Hashem. When you're, you know what a corner is? 
If you're one person, usually if you're davening towards the side, you're davening only towards Mizrach, you're davening only towards Meirev, you're only davening only towards Tzafo, towards Darum, towards one direction. But when you daven, when you're in a corner, you're hitting two directions, right? A corner is where two directions meet. So if they were each davening in separate corners, the two of them together were connecting to all four sides, and the whole avoda was to be mashlum yud kevavke. That was davoda. That's why they were davening in the two corners. My Rebbe Yerushal Pinchas explains. But that's ultimately our avoda. Our avoda that even though we're in a time of Yaakov, even though we're in a time of loneliness, is to realize that's specifically when Hashem is by our side. He's always by our side. He never leaves us. You know, you'll understand this later in life, Chevra. Have your own children. A parent, a father loves each child unconditionally. And in fact, a father, a mother, in fact, has at times more love and connection to the child that's struggling most because they know they need it. Because they know they need it. Because Baruch Hu sees us right now and we're in a time of, of difficulty, a time of tragedy, a time of darkness. He's loving us more than ever. But we have to feel that and we have to understand that. So what's the Havoda to bring upon and connect to that Havaya, to that Hashem, or that Rachamim? So I was thinking about it. Part of the Havoda, thanks so much, Part of the whole Havoda of being mashlim, all these different, all these different steps of, of the Avos, the Imos, and Yaakov, and Yisrael, but the, the main the main hosafa of Agad Lashemech, of the hey added to Avram's name, really is Mashlum the Yudke Vavke, completes the Yudke Vavke. Of course, that's why Yaakov had to marry both, both Rachel and Leah as well, we understand. When did Avram receive that extra hey? By the Brismila. So somehow the Brismila is an impetus, is, was, the, was the connection to be able to connect to Yudke Vavke, I believe. What was the brismila? First of all, brismila is Mesir Snefesh. Brismila is Mesir Snefesh. Chsam Saifer explained by brismila that it's Sakonis Nefashish. You're taking this little baby, eight days old, and you're, you're doing some, some somewhat serious surgery on him. Or Mesir Nefesh for the Boyne Shalom at the earliest of days, like we spoke about before. This brismila represents Shemir Sinayim. Shemir Sinayim takes a lot of Mesir Snefesh. So one, one way to connect to Hashem's love for us, Hashem's rachamim upon us, is when we're moser nefesh. When we're moser nefesh for Hashem, even if we're not living up to every area we're going to be, Hashem says, wow, I'm going to bring all the gula, all the chesed, all the shefa. We have to be moser nefesh. It's time of moser nefesh, chevra. That's what I saw at the rally, like I told you. But if we understood even one drop, one tip of yam, how our brothers and sisters are moser nefesh in Eretz role. And they're putting their life on the line in their disroll. Where's our Messiah Snefesh these days? Who's Moisir Nefesh in their learning, in their davening, in their chesed? I don't mean who's doing it. And yes, we're adding some tehillim. And yes, we're you know, learning a little extra or going and doing a little chesed and, and packing bags for soldiers perhaps. But is there Messiah Snefesh? Is there Messiah Snefesh? Like I said before, that's one of the things I love about this this Chabura so much Thursday nights. It's, I, I believe this is Mesir Snefesh. But it has to be every day am I being Moshe Nefesh more. 
My job, listen, none of us are, are going to be physical soldiers, but so we have to be mishtatev, and the way to be mishtatev is our Messiah Snafesh. Our Messiah Snafesh. But there's something else about that Prasmila Chavra. I've spoken about this before, but the, the, the Shemesh Shmuel talks about this and explains that when Avram had the Brismila, it was him standing out from the rest of the world. When Avram had the Brismila, it was him being different than the rest of the world. And it was his pump, it was his willingness to be different than the rest of the world that I believe gave him the title of Avraham, which was, as the Pasuk says, Avhamon Goyim. We're, we're most respected when one respects themselves and is willing to stand out against all pressures. When you fall to societal pressures and you walk like the Egyptians and walk like society just to be like them, then we're not going to be respected. Ultimately, we're respected when we respect ourselves. And we were willing to walk around as a proud Jew. And Avram was willing to say, I'm going to be different than everyone else. I'm going to have a bris milah which no one else has. And that's when he becomes Avamonagoyim. Which is, you'd think counterintuitive. you think when you're going to be different, nobody's going to accept you. But don't forget, that's when they look up to you. That's when they realize you're a leader. Leaders don't have to fit in with everybody else. Leaders stand up for MS. Leaders are proud to be who they are. And that's was Brismila, and that's when he became Avamon Goyim, and he became the leader of the world, and that's when the hay was added to him, and that's when Akash Baruch Hu is most proud of us. When we see we're most proud of ourselves, and we're standing up for MS. Baruch Hashem, we're seeing that more than ever in this day and age. You know how many Yidin in the world who, who never connected are suddenly connecting in the deepest of ways. You know, many Yidin are putting on Magin David, little things. And of course, Chevra, these are not mitzvahs, and it's not, but it's beautiful connecting Yiddishkeit. They have secular Jews on, on, in, in different places and secular campuses and in their jobs wearing Magin David necklaces, wearing Chai necklaces, wearing Chvesmish, walking around with Israeli flags. I'm proud to be a Yid. He said it before, you know, Matasio, who I'm not going to talk about and we're not judging, but has had a journey in life. And I'm saying it because he made it public and he said it so we could say it. And he's definitely had his journey and he had where he was a, a religious Baal Tshuva and Shemitari Mitzvah. And he's had his journey with whatever that journey has been. But he himself said now he, he feels like he, he needs to bring it all back. He needs to bring it all back. Because we have that, that's our reaction. Our reaction in in these times is realize I need Hashem more than ever. Without Hashem I have nothing. And I don't care what the rest of the world says. And I don't care if I look different. I'm going to be proud to be a Yid in the most beautiful of ways. That's when Geula comes. That's when Geula comes. That's when I connect to Havaya Yudke Vavke. What happened in Mitzrayim? You know what happened in Mitzrayim? There's a Kliyakar. The Pasuk says in Parashat Shemos, Vayirbu Vyatmu Bima'od Ma'od. They, when it talks about B'nai Israel, they were greatly multiplying, having many children. You know, they had six children at a time, right? It should say, very much. What's B'ma'od Ma'od? The Kliyakar says B'ma'od is like we say in Shema, with your money, with your materialism, very much. 
The Medrash says that the Jews in Mitzrayim started going to all the theaters and the cultural centers, and they were basically walking like an Egyptian. And that's when Gaul's Mitzrayim began. The next Pasuk, The new king came into power. You're like us, we don't want you near us. It's when Gaulus always begins. You want to be like us? I got to remind you, you're not like us. The avod of a yid is to be proud of who you are, not need to fit in with others. When was there? When what does the Medrash say? We were zocha the geula b'tzrayim shloshina eshemam malbusham l'shonim. We stood out. I was proud to speak like a Jew. I was proud to look like a Jew. I was proud to have the name like a Jew. When I was proud of all that, then we were zocha to geula. Then I was zocha to geula. And we have to have that again. That also was brismila. Brismila was besir snapesh, but brismila was I'm proud to be a yid and I'm stand up for emes. And that's who we need to be in this time, day and age. And then through that, we have the added hey, and we connect, and we have the 26 letters, Keneged Havaya, Ahav Havaya, Av Rachimim, Av Geula, and Av Simcha, Bracha. Be proud to be here. I'm proud to stand up for Torah Mitzvahs. Not fall into society. It doesn't mean I'm not part of society. It doesn't mean you can't go and be Matzliach in all areas of life. But within that society, I'm proud. I don't, I don't drop one drop in my Yiddishkeit, in my Vodas Shem. Pepninius <coughs> ubichitsonius. I'm proud to walk out if, if it does it for me with my tits out. I'm not saying that's a, a personal <laughs> decision, but I'm, I'm proud of that. I don't tuck them in because I'm walking around a secular people. Or, or a yamako or, or a chvestish, whatever it might be. That's what the bris milah represents, and then I'm going to connect. The Abishter says, that's what I want to see. Be proud of it. Be proud of it. Be proud of it. You know, there was, there was uh, I shared the story once before. Prince Charles. Now it's King Charles. Right? He's the king now. What? What? So when he, now he's the king, but... When, when he was a prince, so a few years ago, I don't know, this story happened like 15 years ago, he was a prince for many years. So when he was a prince, he used to make these dinner parties. He used to make these dinner parties, and he'd invite like all the hierarchies of society in London to the dinner parties, and they'd be able to talk and socialize, you know. And one time he's making one of these dinner parties, and these two from Jews were invited to the dinner party. One of them was like mamish, like a very Bal Yashemayim, very Ebed Hashem. One of them was like a more a little Seder, like modern, whatever it was. They're both, but they both keep kosher and they both, they were invited and they were friends and they spoke, oh, they both knew that they had these invitations. Then what are we going to do? We want to go. It's a big honor and especially, you don't say no to the prince. It's like, it looks bad and who knows later if we're going to need a connection. But, um, and then you could go, you can't go there and not eat. But stuff is not kosher. So the former one says, I'm going to call up the palace and find out. The palace, they, they must have had this situation before. And he calls the palace and he says, oh, we've had Orthodox Jews, don't worry. This guy is the mashkiach and we'll get you. You're going to have the same exact food as everyone else. And the, the plates are going to look the same, but yours are going to be kosher. And you could ask, this is going to be the rabbi that's in charge of it in the palace, don't worry. And they were all excited, great. They're all excited, right? And they get there. And they sit down and they're told where their places are and they know that this is all good because they see, they, see, they see the rabbi before. And then Prince Charles gets up 
And he gives a speech welcoming everybody and, and says, listen, you know, part of this is that everyone should be able to socialize and network and get to know each other. So we have a custom here. You know, there are a few courses of the meal. Palace, five, this five course meal or something, you know. After each course, everybody gets up and you switch to a different table and you go to a different seat. And that way you could interact and intermingle with way more people, not just a few people at your table. Sounds like a nice costume, but these two Orthodox Jews are thinking to themselves, what's going to be? Okay, Mimela, they're bringing in the food from outside and they know where to find the Jews. But the plates, the kosher plates, are only in the first place where they were sitting. Those were where the kosher plates are. So the one who is like more modern says, ah, forget about the plates already. God won't understand. I can't embarrass myself. It's kosher food. And he just goes. The one who was very firm, the big value Shemaim, so he thinks himself, what am I going to do? So he decided, in between each course, he literally, the initial plates, he takes the plates and picks them up and brings them with him. And everywhere he goes, he's bringing his plates with him. And everyone's looking at him. But you know what? They're all thinking, okay, the Jew, you know, he's got another crazy thing they do with the Jews, you know. But nobody says a word, and the whole meal goes on and continues. At the end of the night... Everybody gets to go and give a, you know, have a photo op with Prince Charles and give a shalom, say thank you. And the line is going, everyone's very quick, thank you, thank you, and they take a picture. And when this, the, the very firm Jew was, was, was before the other Jew, and it's his turn, and Prince Charles looks at him and says, tell me something, uh, you know, I, I know you guys have interesting customs, but I notice all night long you're walking around with your plates, what's this about? And he starts explaining to me, you know, there's something called kosher, yes, yeah, sure, but not only does the food have to be kosher, the plates have to be kosher. And he was enamored by this all, the Prince Charles. And he actually, he starts showing this man tremendous respect that he was willing to have a sense of a little, little shame, but to stand up for his religion and be proud of it and not be embarrassed. And he's showing him all the respect and talking to him and very interested in him. And, the, and as he's doing this, he keeps him up there. The rest of the line continues, he has to move. So he's like giving shalom to everyone else half-heartedly while he still speaks to the from Jew. The other Jew is on the, a little farther back of the line, and he sees this going on. He doesn't hear the conversation. He thinks to himself, well, Prince Charles must have something with the Jews. When it's my turn, I'm going to get in with him also. I'm going to get in with him, and I'm going to get in the conversation. He might, he'll, he'll have respect for me too. So it gets to his turn, and Prince Charles hardly looks at him and gives him his shalom and smiles at the camera, and waiting for the next guy to come as he's still talking to the first Jew. And the second shoe looks at Prince Charles and says, by the way, Prince Charles, you know, I'm Jewish also. As if to say, like, I want in over here. So Prince Charles turns to him and says, if you're Jewish, why weren't you walking around with your plates all night? And the guy, Mamish, is embarrassed. Prince Charles just put him in place and called out all of his Yiddishkeit. And he can't even say anything, just walks away. And ultimately, ultimately, we're respected most when we respect ourselves. When we stand up for what's MS to ourselves. We have to remember that. But that's when the Rabbi also, when the Rabbi sees that we're proud of who we are, like Avram Vinu by the Brismila, like the Yidim and Tzrayim Shloshino, Shemam, Levushim, Albushim, and like us that's going on, Baruch Hashem, in this day and age, with Mesir Snefesh and standing up proud to be a Yid. That's how I'm going to connect to the Abishter in the deepest of ways. That the Abishter is going to be back with Shem Avaya, with Geula, with Simcha, with Bracha, with Chesed. And the Mirza Shem, Bekarav Mamash, will be Zoychet, Gula Shlema, with Mashiach Zakeno, Bimheir Vimeinu, Bekarav Mamash.